It is Bassmaster Classic Week, and we have the voice of Bassmaster TV this week. The one and only Tommy Sanders on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Welcome one, welcome all, friends, family, freeloaders, fishing freaks, you're all welcome here at the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that puts hump back in your hump day every single Wednesday. It is a spectacular week this week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It is Bassmaster Classic Week. Um, just a magical, magical time. So many stories going into this classic can Hank become the first ever angler to three-peat a Bassmaster Classic. Rick Clun was very, very close in the past, but he did not get it done. And Hank Cherry has a chance to do something this week that nobody in professional fishing has ever done, and that is three-peat the Bassmaster Classic. So many incredible stories going into this week. But before I talk about the Bassmaster Classic, uh, I did another thing this week. I was involved in another thing. Um, myself and Matt Pangrak from Bass Talk Live Launched a new show called The Call. I don't know if you've checked it out. It might be the world's first sport fishing debate show. There's a lot of sports debate shows, but this might be the world's first ever sport fishing debate show. And if it isn't, I'm sure we'll hear about it in the comments. And if there's others, this might be the first one that's only 10 minutes long. Um, but man, great feedback from it. It launched on Monday and... The best thing about it is we debate a different topic each week, and we want to hear from you guys, and it's naturally made just to hear your opinion. There's no rights. There's no wrongs. It's just opinions. This week's show, for example, was should pro tournaments pay $10,000 for big bass? Now, spoiler alert, I was not for it. Panger was for it, and uh, my before Everybody comes at me. I'm not against anglers making money. I want anglers to make more money every single opportunity they can. My whole debate was it's just not worth as much as consistency. You can't pay $10,000 to somebody for one bite when the person that makes the cut gets $10,000. I mean, it is a lot harder to weigh in limits day after day and make the cut than it is to catch that one big bass. And it's a lot more controllable. And it's a pro-level event. It doesn't matter what happens at amateur events? It's a pro-level event. That's what the pros have wanted in the past. Um, do I think it could pay more? Sure. I think everything could pay more. I mean, um, we got some great comments. One of the things that uh, Matt Steffen, a pro angler, chimed in, and, and I loved his comment because he was like, name one pro that fishes any of these circuits that thinks Big Bass pays enough. That's a great point, Matt. Name one pro that fishes any of these circuits that thinks second place is enough, third place, fourth place, tenth place, or even first place. I mean, pro anglers want to raise the bar everywhere, and I agree with that. My only point is it should be on consistency. It shouldn't be on one big bite, and the, you know, and then you hear, well, if the tours would pay more, we would respect it more. It would be a bigger deal. It's not true. That is not true. Because the TTBC gave away a truck every year for Big Bass. Every single year. And apart from Brent Ayler and Chris Zaldane, the average person can't remember who won those trucks. It, it, it just, it's one bite. People don't remember it. Yes, it's a highlight real moment, but it's not the same as consistency. Uh, a lot of people won those trucks. Bobby Lane won a truck that's how that's when i started calling him big fish bobby lane because he won big fish every single day of the tournament that year john sappington won a truck there's a ton of people that won trucks through that event but just by giving away a truck didn't make it as memorable as you may have thought but anyways i digress if you wanted to hear this you could just tune into our show it's called the call you can watch it every single monday launching at 6 a.m in the morning so it gives you some good stuff to talk around the water cooler, if people still talk around water coolers in now. Or in today's day and age, not in now. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm most excited about it just because I get to work with Panger. I mean, Panger has been a long, long time friend of mine. 
And um, what you see on this show is literally just our relationship. I mean, all those years he was covering Elite Series events, he'd come in the production trailer and I'd see him and we'd talk about different things and debate. What do you think about that? What do you think about this? And and that's literally what this show is all about. Some weeks you're going to love me, some weeks you're going to hate me, dependent on my opinion. But remember, it's just an opinion and we want to hear yours right, wrong or indifferent. It's The Call. You can watch it every Monday at 6 a.m., on Facts of Fishing channels and on Bass Talk Live channels, whether it be our streaming, you know, like iTunes and things like that, or it be on YouTube. Please support it. Give us your opinion, and um, we're having fun with it. Speaking of fun, it is the Bassmaster Classic Week, Week One. Well, it is the only week of the. Uh, I mean, see, this is what happens. You get screwed up. And you don't know what to say, but basically it's the Bassmaster Classic. I got to get this done so I can head to it. It's going to be a phenomenal week. I mean, so many cool stories. Will Hank Cherry three-peat? Will he be the first angler to ever three-peat the Bassmaster Classic? Who knows? We'll find out. But I, I have to leave here shortly. But one of the coolest things about my job, and you hear me talk about it all the time, is I get to work with some of the coolest people on earth. And aside from the anglers... I mean, everybody always looks at the anglers. It's the folks I get to work with on Bass Live, some of the most amazing camera folks, some of the most amazing producers, some of the most amazing every position. I mean, I'm just so happy. But there is one position that if this guy just disappeared, every department would get worried, every single department, because he is so good. He is so smooth. I mean, there is nothing this man could say to me that wouldn't sound better coming out of Tommy Sanders' mouth. I got to be honest. Just think of any statement. When he makes it, it just it just sounds right. And um, I'm happy to have him on the show this week. So rather than me continuing to blabber about Tommy, let's bring in the smooth sounds of one and only Tommy Sanders. Tommy Sanders, I'll tell you exactly what I said as soon as I saw you. You look like you. Or in front of a green screen, like you're some Yahoo that's no. like, I'm just going to put the Bassmaster Studios behind me. No, if it was a green screen, I'd have the Eiffel Tower and the Sphinx and, you know, and all that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my workplace behind me here, although it's pretty nice. <laughs> it is very nice. New studio yeah. this year. It seems like more and more is being taken from the actual event and being put into the studio. Or maybe that's just my feeling. Yeah, it depends on where you're coming from. I, I guess. guess. I mean, yeah. if I ever get in that studio, Tommy, I'm all in. Okay. <laughs> You're all in for everything you do, Dave. That's that's your re reputation. Uh, I don't know about that. But, uh, Tommy, you are an amazing person. You're so amazing that, and I know you hate hearing that, but you're so amazing. I literally, I'll swear to you, and I've told you this, I'm sure. When we first started working together, I thought you were a liar. Like, we would go places, and we'd go out to, I mean, it was always, as soon as I walked off the stage, you and Zona would always be ready to go to yeah. dinner. And we would go to dinner and we'd trip past a tree and you'd be like, well, that's a northern sycamore tree that only does this this time of year. But and I said, I was like, this dude is making it up. But, you know, a lot of stuff. I, I know trivia. I mean, I'm a trivia king. If, 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 if the knowledge is trivial and not no practical use, I'm probably pretty, pretty up on it. You know, things, things that are that help people. I'm not really good. at. Just, just little nuggets of things. But it's nuggets, just meaningful little you know, drift, driftwood. Yeah. yeah. Ah, well, it impressed me. It really impressed me. Well, good. <laughs> I've got some one person I fooled. No, I think there's lots more. I think there's lots more. Okay. You were a theater major. And did you ever, I mean, first of all, when you were a theater major, what were you hoping to become? Was I this wanted, it? Like, was know, it one day? Yeah, you know, I wanted. Actually, did that. my dream was to be able to be uh, you know, sort of a television director, you know, of, of plays and stuff on television. And back then, you know, there were good plays on television and things yeah. like that. And that, that was my dream was to be a television director. And my first job out of college was, was working for a television station. Yeah. So none of this was, you know, you look at somebody like me and Zona and we both, I mean, there was no, I don't think there was an option to like this, this was our dream. Oh yeah. But this yeah. was never, your dream was it to be part of Bass and like how did no. all of this happen? No, no, no. It, it wasn't. I mean, I always loved outdoors and everything like that. But uh, 
Yeah, I just the the coincidence of of having my office just around the corner from Jerry McKinnis is how that you know how that got going. I mean, I you know I'd done a few little voiceover bits for various you know this is a part of the country where a lot of people back in the day would produce some outdoor shows and they still do, yeah. of course. But uh, you know, I I never thought it would turn into like a full time deal. It it's amazing what you've done. Um, Bass Fishing Hall of Famer. I know. And, and here's the weirdest thing. Are you ever going to get comfortable when people say things like you are the worst? The one thing that Tommy Sanders is not good at is compliments. Whenever you whenever I, anybody compliments you, you quickly like, oh, no, it's not not me. Like I remember being in the trailer and every once in a while somebody would come knock and they'd be like, hey, there's someone out here that wants to meet you guys. And you'd be like, oh. Zona go that they, they, they don't want well that's meet usually you. who they want to meet <laughs> or you yeah yeah no no yeah you're not good with taking compliments are you I, I don't know I, I guess maybe not I, I always think it's sort of like uh, that's uh, what I do is not worthy of a compliment or something like that you know it's I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do you know it's like complimenting the the, the drywall guy you know the <laughs> the milkman <laughs> do you think that helps you be better at your job? You know what I mean? Because you're, I mean, your job is a perpetual setup, man. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You're always, and you've worked with some of the best ever in the industry, obviously, Jerry McKinnis and Zona and, you know, a whole list of others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps me because it, it, it you know, it, there's always a voice playing in the background that says, do your thing, get out of the way. Now get out of the way. So, so these, these guys can tell what's really going on here and everything. And that's, you know, that's the nature of the job, the, the play by play. Uh, so to speak, person is is not an an expert on the game as it's played. He's an expert on this game, this show that's on here. He tells you when we're back from commercial. He tells you when we he teases what's coming up next and stuff like that. So that's what the play by play guy does. He keeps you up on the score and a few little bit of you know bio information on some of the players and everything. But it's the analyst who does the talking and brings the meat, you know, and does all that stuff. So what? I, the weird thing about our job is there's nobody that teaches us to do it. You, you know what I mean? Like, so been, with the company we work with, I mean, that they, they just expect you to do the job and that's great, you know, but yeah. what yeah. is the week before the classic leading up to classic like for you? I mean, I think we all have our own kind of approach. What is it like for you? <clears throat> well, you know, it's, it's, it's always the, just the nuts and bolts things, getting yourself a master list of everyone who's qualified, all their little, you know, uh, different. I say little. They're, they're important uh, bio points and everything like that. Parts about their career. Try to get as much of that, you know, written down in front of you on and on, on a list as you can. And you never use one twentieth of it. You know how that goes because you got you got to jump in the moment. You know when you're doing this, and and you you remember very little of that stuff when you're when you're going you know full speed for six hours or five hours or whatever. Yeah, but I th- I feel like in and I agree totally. Like I mean, I show up the classic with a book every year, and it's all just stuff I've plagiarized off places and stuff oh, yeah, like me that. Too. But but exactly, yeah. um, but I don't work in the written word. I work in the spoken word. I feel yeah. I consider myself lucky to do so. Um, but it it is. I think that makes you feel comfortable because you know if you get in a situation like. I mean, you guys had the worst case scenario last year at the beginning of the classic. You know, it's live on Fox and it's not happening. It's not what, happening. It's did crazy. any does what goes? How does that feel for you? Because from the outside, everybody looking in, you're perpetually cool and chill. And inside, what does it feel like that? It feels like I want to jump off that chair and run away as fast as I can. You know the feeling when when there's nothing happening there. But you know, I got Davey there, I got Zona there. I can just ask them question after question, and 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 they keep going. So the only the only thing I'm worried about is me running out of questions. You know, I run out of good ones real fast, but I don't ever totally run out of questions. <laughs> Do you like Bassmaster Live? Because yeah. if you oh, look yeah. back at what our life was before, oh, I mean, yeah, you did fifteen minute hooked up sessions. That you literally practiced, and now you do six hours unrehearsed. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just a, a a weird. The human mind is so adaptable, and and it can be so closed and 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 uh, you know frightened, you know, until you until you do certain things. But you know, the more the more you do, the 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 more you feel comfortable with it. So just like you, Dave. I mean, except you sort of came full blown. You were ready to go on the weigh-in stage for sure when we got 
when you came what, back in 2010, 11. Yeah, I, I don't know that I was full-blown because I'm not good at taking compliments either, Tommy. So let's just get past that and not compliment okay, yeah. each other right. anymore. That's not <laughs> to, Tommy, I mean, when I do you think you learn more from the tournaments now than you did? I mean, you guys would come to the event, but now you are immersed in the event, although you're not even at the event. Ten times as much. Ten times more. Don't you? I mean, for, yeah. don't you know more about a tournament after watching one day of or one hour of Bassmaster Live than you would if you had just kind of hung out at the dock and done the weigh-in and talked and got all the, all the you know, secondhand information. I mean, just getting to see it out there, I think, is really, that's what we've always wanted. That's what we've always yearned for. Yeah, but I kind of feel like in some ways, like I remember at dinners with you guys and talking one day, could you imagine if it was live? And then I remember when Mike McKinnis said, hey, we're going to be live at this classic and I remember even the night before all of us being like, yeah, I don't even know if this is going to work. And the drive back from takeoff that day, I'll never forget. I was with Carrie, Carrie Barrett, and we're driving along and I'm watching Casey Ashley catch a bass on live. And I'm like, it's it worked. It worked. I can't believe it worked. Did you have that same impression? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was absolute. I had the same fear. And I had the same impression. It was like the, the Alexander Graham Bell, his telephone works. You know, when he turns it on, when you see, you see Ashley catch that fish, it's like, wow, maybe this will happen some more today. That'll be really good. <laughs> Otherwise, we're back to just me asking them questions, me asking Zona questions. Do you miss the road? You know, I mean, you get to, you have the unique opportunity. Like Zona travels to the studio, but you, Ronnie Suits, you guys live right there in Little Rock. So, well, I miss I seeing, I miss seeing you and, and, and all, uh, you know, all the, all the crew and the, and the, the anglers, you know, I don't, I don't have any, you know, personal physical talk with them yeah. or, or interaction of any sort. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a different thing. It's, I, I don't know exactly what that does to, if that helps or hurts, but uh, it's something I miss. Yeah. I don't, I don't miss, you know, waking up in a different box every morning, <laughs> not knowing where I am. Yeah, and I think everybody's like, I mean, if they would just invent a teleporting machine, life would be perfect. Because you oh, wouldn't, could, it? I mean, just great. Just the Hampton great. ghetto, I mean, they're nice, trust me. And I have mad Hampton points, but uh, <laughs> the, you get tired of them very, very quick. Yeah. What are some of your, I mean, people will often look at somebody like you that has accomplished as much as you have done in the outdoor space, you know, Hall of Famer. But when you look at your career, what are some highlights for you? Because I always find it's different with, you know, people pick highlights. But for me, my highlights are very different moments than I ever imagined they would be before I started this job. What are your, a few of your highlights from this career? Yeah, yeah. well, um, you know, the, the first thing I did was just host the outdoor block on ESPN yeah. you know, before I even did bass fishing. And you know, Wikipedia a, a thinks that's what you still do, by the way. Yeah, just so you know, <laughs> the all the all dependable Wikipedia. Yeah, and and you know, you know, going to and going to lat working on the uh, Iditarod sled dog race, you know, was was great fun. We got to do that one year, and you know, just doing a lot of things. All these all these great uh, travels across the globe with the timber sports and so forth. Like that's fun. But when when we got started doing bass fishing, I think. That was, there was, that was a moment, the very first bass fishing tournament we covered down at Okeechobee and, and we're out there shooting and we've never done anything like, you know, this before. And Jerry's got it kind of all in his head and, and how it's going to work. And everything. I just got, wow. Uh, you know, we're sitting here and doing all these different parts and they're not put together yet. I just hope. And it turned out really way better than I, I could possibly imagine. And, uh, you know, that, that was a great moment. Uh, the first time I ever, the first couple of times I was at the classic, you know, I, I had a, come out and do and do some hosting which you know, was really more of a job for someone like you who's actually smart about that stuff and and finally i got to cover a, a class i guess it was the, the 03 classic that i can one where yeah. you know i i got to kind of step in at the right moments where i could just you know do a quick interview just do a quick hit there and, and i thought well that's now now maybe i'm i'm locked in and you know all those all those class and you, you know that moment you talked about in 2015 at lake hartwell where yeah. we did the first live i mean that that's that was a big moment too, because that, that's, I think it changed immeasurably the way people take in bass tournaments, you know, the way they watch them and, and experience them. And it's better. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think my take on live is it just showed the truth. We used to show a highlight reel and I use that Chesapeake Bay tournament with Aaron as an example a lot because it totally stands out to me as that moment when he caught that seven pounder and when it all turned was only so special because we watched four hours of it crashing and everybody saying, oh, is Aaron going to fall? You know, it's going to be a crash. And then, but it, watching him, you, it shows the truth, I think, really. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, absolutely. Good or bad yeah, we, in some situations. Futility, as you say, for three and a half hours. And then that, it was just, it was just, that was magical. It was, it was really good. We could never get that. You, you could never, a show, a, 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 what they call an anecdotal show where it's put together after the fact, it just doesn't, just doesn't do that. You said you about being on stage. Do you not like that? Do you not like, you like the studio, but when you were doing stuff with the, the classic and you had to be on stage. Oh, no, I hate that. I'm not kidding. I don't know. I just, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable. I, I feel like I'm going to disappoint everybody in mass. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm used to disappointing one person at a time. You know, <laughs> then you get a, a whole arena full of people. Then, you know, it's like, wow, I, I'll, I really will want to, you know, become a hermit if I, if I drop the ball here. I guess it's a, Fear factor thing, probably. I find it so strange because, I mean, you and Zona both say that, and but you're both incredible at it. Well, yeah, Zona. I don't, I don't think I am, but uh, you know, it's 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 it's. it's I think I think that's most. Isn't that cited as the the most common fear that people have is yeah. public speaking in front of a in front of an audience? Yeah, yeah. That's, and, I've got, I got it. And I'm a you're weirdo. Not scared. You, no. you love it. You thrive on. It. I mean, oh yeah, like a weirdo. Yeah. I get, I it's a high for me. Like I love, I love the risk. I love, like it's weird that that's because people say that that's the number one fear. And I'm like, that's about the only thing I'm not scared of. Everything else, like I mean, every time I anybody leaves, I'm like, oh, please be safe. And I'm, wor-, you know what I mean? Like I'm worried about everything. But weirdly enough, that's. But I think that's life. You know what I mean? I think that's when you, when you. Find your spot. You know what I mean? And whether it be at Bass or whether it be wherever, I think when people, people are made to do certain things. And the problem with the world is too many people try to do things they're not supposed to do. Um, (laughs) I tried to do that. I tried to be a pro fisherman. I was not supposed to do that, Tommy. (laughs) Well, what you have on stage is, you know, everybody has a fear of trying, of saying something clever or witty and it falls flat. And that happens to everybody. It even happens to you, but you can take that that awkward moment and turn it into something that's even, that's even funnier than what the original joke was intended to be. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's one tenth of 1% of the people walking the face of the earth that even have a clue as to how, how that's done. I don't. I mean, I I don't, again, I'm not good with compliments. So stop it, Tommy. (laughs) Um, But I, I think that it's whatever it is. I mean, I just love that moment. Like I love, and I don't know that I'd be the same. Like, I know you love golf, but I don't think that I could just go announce golf tournaments with the same. I mean, sure, for money, you could do anything. Let's be honest. But <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I love fishing and I love that moment. I love, um, it's just a classic to me. It's just such a special, special event. And um, I don't know. I'm a weirdo. I didn't get hugged enough as a kid. Maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do to prepare for this? What are you doing today? three or four days before we arrive there or a day or two before we arrive. Oh, this doesn't air till next week. So thanks for ruining the facade, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but Everyone uh, assumes it's live, I guess. No, no. Um, a lot <laughs> of research, like a lot of, uh, we don't have the budget to cut things out. Come on, Tommy. Um, a lot of research. like and, ba- and like you said, 20% of it maybe gets used. I love it when that little nugget happens and you're like, ah, I know something about this and this is going to help me. Oh, out yeah. of a, it, but I, I, you know, I just want to be as prepared as possible. Um, and, you know, so it's a lot of research. And for me, how I learn, weirdly enough, and I don't think I learned 
properly how to learn until I left school, weirdly enough. Um, but for me, I have to write things down and I have to, it doesn't matter if I physically write it down or if I type it or whatever, but I have to go through that process of compiling that information and putting it on a piece of paper. And I'll read that piece of paper. And I mean, I've seen your books at the classic and I've, you've seen oh, yeah. stacks of my stuff that we have yeah. laying around and I don't often read through it after that, but that whole process helps me to learn a lot of stuff. Right, right. It, it creates a little pathway, uh, you know, that that some of it trickles through at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And some yeah. sometimes you can't even say the person's name right. <laughs> I, uh, how bad was that? Did you, were you watching Wayne when I screwed up John Cox's name? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you notice <laughs> I mean, right away? You know, I just, I, I just assume... You know, that's just one of those things that happens every every now and then. I mean, I don't think anybody even noticed. It was such an exciting moment. Everyone, <laughs> everyone on site saw it, and, and maybe some people at home. Of course, these of course these guys sitting here watching monitors and working on the short going, "Hey, what? Hey, check it out! Hey, did you get that? You roll that?" <laughs> yeah, no, people <laughs> like it when you screw you know up. Better. People to work with, and and trust me, my social media reminded me that some people did notice. But the weird part is, I I didn't notice. Like I swear to you, like it. I mean, I've, you, you always, we throw too many names out there to not expect you to ever like make a mistake here or there, but generally you correct yourself. I, I swear to you, I went back to the, I was telling Tony this yesterday. I went back to the hotel and I'm, and I put a really nice post. I thought totally untimely because my whole post was about um, how incredible that bag was. And I, don't want to know the weights before weighing. And I generally don't like I knew Cox had a big bag. I thought like 25 pounds, no idea it was 31 pounds. So I put this post up about how, like, I don't want to know. And that allows my excitement to be real and everything. And like the second comment was, you should be ashamed of yourself. You've ruined the sport. And, and I'm like, no, this idiot, he got it wrong. I mean, there's no way I, I, so I went back and I watched the video and I'm watching, and I'm like, I mean, these guys are always on. And I'm like, oh, my, I really did say it wrong. And um, I felt horrible about it. But, I mean. The only thing better would have been if you, that post you had put down, P.S., for once, I think I really nailed the way. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think you really nailed it? Because I never do. Like, when I no, walk off the stage, no, I'm always Absolutely bitchy. not. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't watch stuff back. I, I can't go back and can you go back and look at your do you do you enjoy going back and looking at your TV shows facts efficient and, and this? No, I mean I'll know after we do this, I probably never watch it again. But uh, the TV show, I mean, I watch a few times just because of the editing process editing process. Um, and so I gotta be involved in that. But as far as like it's weird for me. Whenever I hear my voice as part of anything, uh, like I hear you and I hear Zona and everybody, Davey, Ronnie, Such, and they all sound professional. And then my voice comes out and I'm like, how did I get this job? Don't tell any, because I think I, I hate my voice. Um, Your voice is great. Your voice conveys great excitement. I mean, what are you talking about? Well, Come on. Listen, uh, I don't know. I think that's normal, though. I think that makes us normal. Because yeah. if you were the kind of person that was like, shh. Everybody, here comes my favorite part. Turn it up. Here I am. You, <laughs> there's plenty of people that work in TV that are like that, I'm sure, Tommy. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you read about all the the big time, you know, the, the Johnny Carsons, the David Letterman's, Jay Leno's, all these people without fail would sit. As soon as they got through with the show, they go to their dressing room, they have a refreshment, and they sit and watch the entire show. And I, I just... Honestly, and, and, and roll parts back. I just, how do they do that? How do you, how do you do that? But that's, I guess that's how you get up to that level. I don't know. That's I, why I I'm did, not at that level. <laughs> I did it when I first started. I mean, I, I remember the first few years I was like, I need to see, but it wasn't about me. Like I watched it more to see like how to get away from the anglers so they could have their, you know what I mean? A lot of that was not to be like, did I do a good job? Because I always hated it. Like, I mean, I'm probably horrible to work with because I get off the stage after a somewhat successful event and I'm always like, yeah, but did you see this? And nobody moved that and we screwed up oh, yeah. this. And it's, uh, but uh, but I think, again, that's that's just having reverence for the event that we work. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you get excited you know, for the classic still? Like really excited or? Oh yeah. Excited and, 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 and afraid, afeared, 
you know, really? in equal measure. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just don't want to drop the ball there at the classic and everything. And, and you know, you're, you're taken out of your comfort zone. You're, you move all your stuff. You're inside a big, loud expo yeah. building trying to hear what's going on on the water and do this and that. So you always worry about, you know, you know, being able to do your job. You know, you want to be able to to have the tools to do your job. And that's, you know, that's one thing I do sort of fret and stress about. How often while you're up in that expo, do you hear somebody yell, Hey, Zona. <laughs> I, I, it would be easier to count the moments where that's not going through the, through the airwaves. I don't it's, know how he does it. I don't I, either. I, I, I don't. It, it, the amount of people that yell his name and what, you know, and because of the character he is, everybody thinks he's going to chug a beer with them as soon as they meet him. Um, <laughs> and I mean, he does a lot of times, I'm sure. But uh, no, the classic is a, is a crazy event, and, and I, that's what I love about it. But but it, you said something to me, and I don't even remember if you knew this, if you or if you remember saying this to me. But the very first classic I worked, I remember I was sitting. You were beside. It, it was weird when I paint this picture when I relive it. We were on a love seat, let's say. You were on one side of me, and Zona was the other, uh-huh. and probably because you were propping me up because I had totally. But, you know, was exhausted after that classic. We had those big fog delays and working oh, at Bass is no different than working in a factory. Chuck was like, hey, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not on break yet. <laughs> so so I remember you said to me, you're like, uh, you'll like the Elite Series a lot better because I started at the classic. And I remember thinking, how could Tommy say that? Like, this is the Bass Master Classic. <laughs> And you were so right, but it's not because of the event. It's because we won't get this much time to talk at the, the amount of time. Oh, we No, spend- no, it is, it is, it is the most, I, I think I used a word when I texted you yesterday about, I can't probably can't use it. Grabastic. <laughs> but you know, it, it really is. It's just, it's, you, you cannot control your schedule and your schedule is, is, uh, is out of control because you've got somewhere to be at every second. Someone is trying to tell you about this and how this needs to be done perfectly. And it's, and it's, you know, there's just a lot on the line. We put a lot of pressure on our, on ourselves. And that's, that's one of the reasons I think the classic makes a good show most. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this year's classic is, is setting up to be incredible. I mean, there's a lot of great stories. Um, and, and it's, it, I mean, it's, it'll, it, I mean, it's it, regardless, it's the classic, no matter where it is. Um, do you have a favorite classic stands out to you or are they literally, you know, all the same. Uh, you know, I, I liked um, just because we really kind of had a breakthrough in the pre-actual live days, but doing it as live, just getting tapes in and building segments. Yeah. I think we had a breakthrough in 2009 on the Red River. You yeah. know, it, 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 it just worked out really good. And, and you know, the, the first classic we did, of course, live was a lot of fun, too. I really like the Pittsburgh classic is is futile and 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 anti-big fish as that was. It's just that whole week was, was really special. Pittsburgh's a great town to have a classic. I wish they had, a, I wish the three rivers were three times better. You know, it, it that's my favorite classic as a fan. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, it, I mean, I remember on Sunday, you know, just thinking anybody can win. Like anybody that made the cut literally could, could win this tournament just today. Like I remember, I think it was Jimmy Millsaps or somebody who, who got, um, he had like 14 pounds in pre-fish one day. And, and the tournament got won by less than that. So I remember that yeah. excitement. But um, that one proved to me that like it, the fish, like that was it just, it's the competition. But I mean, I think we'd get roasted if we went back there now. People don't want to see. Oh, yeah. Fish, it, it's it's a tough sell. It's a really tough sell. That, that whole week for me was great. I Back when we used to go out and ride with the, the anglers for one day, you know, on the, on the Wednesday, but I actually rode with our, one of our favorite people of all time, Aaron Martins. And we went up the Monongahela river. I'll probably tell you this story, go up the Monongahela river. And we go into this fairly large little backwater with a bunch of factories around it. Every, every inch of that yeah. got factories around it. And there's out of a pipe flowing out of one of these buildings into, into the water is this liquid that is the color of bubble gum. It's literally the color of pink bubble gum. And Aaron rolls up there and he starts casting in there and he's casting. And I said, Aaron, do you really, you think you catch something out there? He says, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean, it's, that's, uh, it's, it's pink. I mean, it's some sort of, he says, bro, 
you didn't know I was colorblind? <laughs> <laughs> and he really legitimately was colorblind. I, was, I, I didn't know. I don't, I don't know if anyone else did, but that was, it was just so funny. And I was, it was one of my greatest memories. Yeah. And I, they didn't I, catch a fish out of it. So pink water is not a good, a good <laughs> apparently place. not apparently not what you're looking for. <laughs> do you miss the ride along days? I mean, you wrote along. I do. With a lot I of do. I, you know, the, I've, I think the first time I went with uh, David Walker, then I went with Larry Nixon, just some, you know, just fun days. They really, you know, just, just good guys and, and, and enjoyed it. But then, you know, then it got, <laughs> you'd have to get off the water and you're still just like ringing. Well, in, in the case of, you know, summertime classes you're ringing wet and you got to go right to hosting but you do this now hosting the night of champions it's that same day you know so it's uh you know it was uh more befitting a younger man than what i am now oh <laughs> I, i'm starting to realize why you give me those compliments so i got because i got you out of a couple of duties <laughs> oh man yeah like you, you're the answer to my prayers today <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm the answer to your prayers, but there is one man that was the answer to all of our prayers. And he's the reason that we all have this job. And it's yeah. Jerry McKinnis. And one of the things that routinely bothers me in a little bit of a way, because if I look at everything he did for this sport, you know what I mean? And, and I think that term gets overused, but really sure. he is a true, I mean, he helped Forrest win build the first five Ranger yeah. boats he ever built, like physically helped him. And, and Bill Dance says that if it wasn't for him, he'd have never got in TV. But for whatever reason, I don't think Jerry gets that same, you know, love around him as a pioneer. Would yeah, you, I think, you know, I, I think there are in some, in some dimensions of that, yeah. he does not get his due. And I have no idea why that is. I, I think it's just a tendency. It's a natural human tendency to think, oh, one guy couldn't have done all these things. One guy, you know, it's probably, probably somebody told him what to do or, you know, or uh, he had some great help or something like that. And, and which is no, he, 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 he was, he, what do you call it? He lone wolfed it a yeah. lot of times, you know, and got it done. That He was a remarkable individual for sure. I, I have one theory on why he doesn't, because I feel like, and I don't mean this by slighting anyone else, but I think there's one thing that Jerry always pushed with all of us. And I'm tell the story, tell the story. And, and Jerry told the story a lot of times, but the story wasn't always Jerry. You know what I mean? The story yeah. was, was Quitico or wherever he was. It wasn't um, about how big a fish he's got and how many fish it's, it was the experience. So I wonder if that leads into it or, or whatever, but one of my biggest regrets was I did get invited on one of those trips with you guys and I couldn't make it for whatever reason, but oh, you yeah. guys had you... some phenomenal, oh, phenomenal gosh, trips. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but what you're saying is absolutely right. You know, he's what he made the show about and you and Zona have this quality too. I mean, you, you, you start to do a, t a, a an episode of a fishing show and you got three things you got to play, you know, where you're going to fish, you know, what you're going to fish for and who you're going to fish with. You still don't have a narrative and you guys, and Jerry was the first to do it. And he, he, he did it so well. He, he invented the narrative. Yeah. He constructed it on site in real time. And, you know, of course, polished it as the show was put together, but, but, Zona does that. You do that, you know, and, and, you know, some people are just satisfied to have those three things and let that be the thing, but that's what makes you guys, you know, separate from the rest of, you know, the pack, as I said, you've removed yourself from that group again. You, 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 you're shedding compliments to other people. <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to be a couch session, but I, I mean, it, it really is. That's, it really I'm, is. Even in your hall of fame speech, it was all about other people. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I can't imagine anyone being interested in, you know, Tommy Sanders after hours, you know, it's oh, just not, oh, it's that's not, my it's favorite not, Tommy. That no, is my favorite not, Tommy. That is not, it's not <laughs> remarkable at all. Believe me. Believe me. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm telling you it is, it is, it is quite remarkable. Um, two of the guys you worked with, obviously we talked about Jerry, but to go from working with Jerry at the Bassmaster events, FLW before that, to Zona, I mean, two very incredible talents, but two very different people. Um, they are. That, 
I didn't know how to do it at first, you know, because I was so close to so used to, to Jerry. And then Zona will come at you with something that, you know, completely is, is, is out of the blue and, and is brilliant usually. But I was, I was shocked and I was, I was a little bit, I don't, I don't, won't say intimidated, but I was like, wow, how does he do that? And how can I keep up? And, you know, the thing is, I'm not supposed to keep up. <laughs> I'm not equipped to keep up. I, I, I play the straight line. He's, that's the only way it works. You can't have two guys, you know, trying to, trying to match each other for, for, for craziness. And, uh, you know, it's just, Zona's a remarkable person. As you know, he's, uh, he's, <laughs> there's only one like him, and he's so good. Yeah, he, he is. He's incredible at his job. He's, and, and I've said this many times. You've heard me say it, and I really do believe it. You guys could do anything together. I honestly feel like you and Zona together, uh, I'd love to watch Monday Night Football with you guys together. I'd love to. It's. Do you feel that? I mean, I know you're going to shed it and say, well, with Zona, I could do anything. But do you, do that, you that feel exactly the chemistry? Exactly. Yeah, I think we could. You know, we, we could do it. Uh, and, and just because mainly because Zona can, can handle all that load, no matter what sport it is, probably. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I figured out, you know, a way that I can fit into the narrative that he constructs. And that's, you know, I, I, I know how it works. And, yeah, for that, I would have some confidence. In. I don't know if anyone else would like it, but I think we could do a t- something close to our satisfaction. I think you'd do a phenomenal job. Do well, you? Was last year tough for you when Z was mostly Skyping in? That must have totally changed. For me, I, I mean, I know what it felt like when all you guys abandoned me on the road. We went to <laughs> California. This is true story. So we're in California. I think that was the last time. And we would that this we were the band of brothers that would travel oh, yeah. all over the country. Yeah. And and I remember the moment. I remember I went to a portalette. And I had just finished relieving myself. And I remember washing my hands at the little thing. And I remember saying, hey, see you guys in a couple of weeks. And I never saw you at an event again. I got a call two days later and said, guess what? We're going to um, do Bass Live from Little Rock. And it was a week. That was, I'll be honest, that was a tough adjustment for me. Like I was oh, like, yeah. well, where's everybody? I know. It's like, where did so everyone did, go? So did you feel that with the Zoom thing or... Yeah, it's, you know, Zoom is a little bit tougher. I think, you know, everybody's knows the, the drawbacks of Zoom. Sometimes you get time skips and you get little wobbles and everything like that. And it's so much easier to sit next to someone in person and, and, and you know, know when they're fixing the, when they're, when they've got something to say and when to interject, when to lay out and everything like that. You kind of have to refigure it. Just, you know, we, we put a monitor under the monitor that's showing the fishing of Zona constantly. So I know that when he wants to say something, he'll raise his hand, he'll do it, and we're, it's, we're getting better at it. And Zoom is getting better. Zoom was so bad when it started. It's still not great, but, uh, man, it was, it was just terrible when it started. You look like you have the real high-quality Zoom here. I think, I think you've got the platinum package, right? Oh, yeah. Well, in Canada, we have free health care and free Zoom. <laughs> no, you told me uh, about the free health care. Yeah, no, it's not really good. It's not, it's not <laughs> good. Trust me. It's not. Uh, it's at 55% income tax. Is not free healthcare, ladies and gentlemen. Let me break the secret to. Well, you you broke it down real well. You said, "Here's the way it works. You 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 work all year. You pay your taxes. Not that different from the rate you pay in America. And then and then they figure how much it costs to to buy insurance, and <laughs> that's added to your tax bill. And voila, a voila, you've got free healthcare. So that's yeah. yeah. I mean, most most Canadians believe it, but um, I'm sure I'll get some emails. But even just saying that, any moments for you. During live, where you were like, I can't believe this is happening, good or bad. Like, you don't get a chance to, that's what I do love about it. You don't get a chance to absorb it. It's your natural reaction. Uh, you know, you don't get a chance to think about what's going on. Was there any moments like that for you? Just last, the last two tournaments is, <laughs> you know, I mean, Scott and Martin, uh, you know, on day one, just having just one of the most bizarrely, you know, hazardous, you, you know, uh, failure ridden moments of, of trying to catch fish. And it was just not working for him. You've seen lots of people get into this and it's not Scott Martin's, it's just the way things are. And and then Paul Mueller gets his fish stolen by a hawk, yeah. or by an owl. owl. I mean, 
Yeah, there's all these things. There, it's luckily I get something I don't believe every day. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's there's lots of lots of things like that that fall into that category. I felt like that last year when Lee Livesey that morning on Fork, and I oh. wasn't even at the event, and that was driving me crazy not to be there. But just watch it. I'm like, is this real? Like, it, it, it was just one big fish after another, not just him, Patrick Walters, Zalde. Everybody was catching him that morning. That, that was incredible. Yeah, that was didn't seem real when that was going down. I, I know exactly what you mean there. That was, that was so magnificent. I was so glad that, that, that we could cover it, you know, and we had good pictures of all that, too. That's Because Fork is not sometimes the easiest place to get pictures. No, no. It, it can be challenging at times. How are you so perfect at timing? Literally, you've heard people tell this story, but most people don't understand. Like if somebody turns to Tommy Sanders and says, I need 45 seconds on this, you are between 44 and 46 seconds somewhere perfectly. And it amazes me. Um, do you have an internal call? Like when you're doing that, are you is it are you just lucky? Or do you have like an internal clock that's like, okay, it's 45 seconds? I do have, I, I can't, there's nothing I could verbalize about how it works, but I've done literally thousands and thousands of 30 and 60 second radio and television. I mean, that was my whole job before I, uh, I went to work for, for, for Jerry, you know, uh, doing the uh, ESPN outdoor stuff. And uh, I've just done, if you do it a million times, it's like cutting hair. If you, if you do it for 40 years, you, you kind of know, you know, how to cut a head of hair and how long it's going to take. It, it amazes me, and and if you've never been to Little Rock, like a lot of our viewers, uh, it amazes me how often you still hear your voice to this day, like on TV stations. And do, like, what is the most obscure, weird thing you ever did a voiceover for, or is oh it bass God. fishing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've done everything from uh, you know uh, little banks in in. 400 person towns and stuff. And, and that's, that's your, you're supposed to do that. You're not supposed to, you know, say, no, no, of course not. I wouldn't do it. That's anything that's small and insignificant. Oh, that's beneath me. No, you, you, your, your job as a, as a voice performer is to do everything that comes along and whether it's, uh, you know, announcing, uh, you know, 10 cents off a pack of hot dogs at, uh, at the A&P or, or whatever it is, you know, then you, you do it and, and you're happy to do it. You're proud somebody asked you to do it. You have an amazing voice, and it, it to me, um, it, it it really is bass fishing for a generation. Like, I think when you hear Bob Cobb's voice and you hear Ray Scott's voice, very synonymous, but I feel like for a generation, more than a generation, it, it's your voice. I mean, it, uh, it, to, to me, I mean, your voice transcends it. Like, it, when I hear that, I'm like, it's a Bassmaster event. <laughs> you probably hate hearing that, don't you? No, no, I I, I like hearing that. As a matter of fact, that's that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, for a generation, I'm going on two generations now. Yeah. I've been doing it so long. So, what's left for you? What do you want to do with? You know, do you set career goals, or is it just to get through the next live day? <laughs> it's kind of it's, it's the latter more than anything. But no, I, I you know, I'm just, I'm just sit here with my fingers crossed open. Someone doesn't realize that I still work at past masters. They're still paying me and then they'll, they'll cut it off, but I'd probably still come to work anyway. You know, it's just, I, I just, it's been so many years of, of, of a job that's doesn't involve work. You know, it just involves, you know, doing stuff that's interesting as all get out, you know, and, and, and just how lucky am I? If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I really can't complain a lot, you know? Don't do that, though, because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, uh, you are the rock. I mean, not oh, Dwayne Johnson, probably. but you are the rock for the whole broadcast team. You know what I mean? Like you bring everybody together. It's, it amazes me how people like yourself can take all these different personalities and all this and somehow rein it all in because really you do. I mean, do you feel like a ringleader or no? I, I, I feel like I'm a traffic cop a little bit, you know, just, you know, you go, now you go. I think it would be good if you went right now, but the, the director, the, Mike does as much of that as, as anybody, you know, also. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's an exciting, that's an exhilarating thing, you know, to get to work with, you know, you and Z and Davey and, and Ronnie and Such and all the rest, man, it's, it's tremendous. Everybody's so different. And, and 
you know, everybody's voice sounds different. It's not a bunch of guys who sound like this, you know, that's like, you know, or, or basketball, two basketball guys who sound like this. No, I sound, no, I sound like you, you get tired of that. We've got these different voices that, that really work together. Well, I, I think that's, and that's uh, I think that's one of the coolest things about our job that we work for a company that allows us to be ourselves and actually encourages us. Well, within reason. I mean, a few times I was myself on live and they made rules that I can't be myself anymore. I miss that. I miss going out and being a bonehead. Like it seems like we're getting more serious. I need to you think do so? shots with someone on Lake Havasu in a bad, bad way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were, you, you did have a great run of, 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 of sort of getting outside and, 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 you know, trying to pull the public in. Uh, and physically, you know, literally and figuratively. And I, yeah, why did we lose that? I guess we just, when we started getting better pictures and more reliable yeah. content off the water, I guess that's, that was one of the casualties there because I miss it. That was good. Yeah. Before it was Mercer. We don't have any cameras that work. Just go talk to people for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's- um, and now our cameras normally work most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. More's and- the pity. It was good back then. <laughs> what, uh, What's uh, what you and Zona like that combo? I, I feel like I've said, I think, but tell me something about that. Like, tell me, let the viewers know what Tommy and Zona are like after hours. <laughs> Do you get to hang out as much, or was that just a road thing? Yeah, that was more a road thing, really. You know, so you just don't same. even pay attention to him anymore. No, 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 we pay attention. It's great, it's a treat just on the, on the occasions when he can come down. And- and do it and hang out. But yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just nonstop bonehead, crazy, you know, jokes and, 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 and takedowns of, of this and, and, you know, praises to that, you know, you know exactly what it was I, like. Well, David. I know, but the people watching don't, <laughs> I, Tommy. It's hard, it's hard to put it. It's, it's just, you know, it was, it's like, you know, horrible dorm <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> After everybody said it some refreshments and whatnot like that, you know, it's, it's, it's always been great like that. And, you know, work out a few things and put a few things in perspective, you know, along the way, it's, it, it's, it's a good deal. You enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, only a few more questions then I'll get you out of your misery. No, I, I, no, this, is, this is great. Do you, your, your place looks so happy there. I mean, it's, it's Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. it's heads. oh, look, look. Yeah. I mean, Ron Burgundy, great people. Bob Marley, <laughs> Rod Burgundy, Uncle Cy, Bruce Lee. Yeah, all. all oh, Bruce Lee. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Yeah. I heard a great I'm Bruce Lee joke the other day. Can you tell it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, what do you do when you run a Bruce Lee movie backwards? What do you get? What? You get a documentary about a guy who assembles furniture with his feet. <laughs> You like that one, Dave? I don't know if it's that great, Tommy. I it's mean, pretty it's, good. It's, pretty it's, good. It's, it's okay. How about this one? Okay. Three, three, three older ladies are having lunch at some fancy restaurant on the Upper East Side. The waiter walks up and says, is anything all right? <laughs> that's very good. That's very good. I like that one, too. I just that's heard that. That's very good. Sister Mary and Sister Margaret are riding their bicycles through Vatican City. Sister Mary turns to Sister Margaret and says, I've never come this way. She said, that's the cobblestones, dear. (laughs) (laughs) See how Tommy tries to stay up here and I always bring us down here. here, And that's why everyone follows you, Dave. What what is the, I mean, if if you could make the perfect Saturday, the perfect weekend for Tommy Sanders, what, what does that involve outside of obviously work and everything? Like nobody knows you. Nobody knows who Tommy Sanders is other than the smooth talking son of a gun that you are. Oh, you know, I, I, a perfect weekend for me would be to get, you know, I have to, you get to be my age. You got, I'm getting kind of long in the tooth here. If you don't work out every day, you feel terrible. You, you just feel like everything is filling up with sludge, you know, where there was like blood pumping. There's like, you know, maple syrup or something like that. <laughs> and then, uh, so you have to work out you feel better after you do that. And then if you can, you know, go out, Whatever you like to do, me and my wife like to go out, hike around, and, and walk to walk new places that we've never been before. Or, and I like to play golf. I love that. Me and a bunch of old guys who just walk. We don't ride carts, you know. So we we go out and do that, and then come home and watch, uh, you know, the second NFL game you know, <laughs> of the of the Sunday. That's that's a perfect 
perfect weekend day for me and cook something at home, cook some gumbo up or something. Sounds good. Yeah. What is it for you? Um, what this isn't how this works, Tommy. Uh, No, no, for me, it's honestly, it's being at home with my family as you know, we travel. I love what we get to do. I really, I, I, it's not something I say people, Oh, I love my job or what I really truly love my job. Um, but I just love being home because it's so rare. And, and to me, and it's not anything, you know, where people be like, Oh, I'd love to go here, here. And I just want to stay home and hang out with my kids and have no distractions. You know what I mean? Me, Sarah and the kids and, and yeah. And I mean, if it, if we're going to throw football in there, I mean, the chiefs win. I mean, that, that makes a lot things better for me. Extra topic. you you, this energy you have, I mean, does that work when you're at home? <laughs> oh, is everyone, is everyone really, you know, can they keep up with you? Um, well, my family's kind of just like me, except in oh, a lot okay. better shape. So they're kind of hyper. Um, that Jack's very much like me. My son, as far as the hyperness goes, um, yeah. cadence is very much like me in a lot of ways, not near as hyper as me and Jack, but, um, yeah, Sarah I, doesn't I, seem that seems a little bit more measured than you do. I, much, I don't know. Yeah, much more measured. She's she's Tommy person. Sanders in our relationship. She brings <laughs> it all together. No, um, there you go. But yeah, no, I mean, we we I, I don't know if it always works at home. There's times where it doesn't, Tommy. I'll be honest. But uh, but it, it kidding. I mean, it, uh, no, no, no one's. I thought no one had any trouble ever. <laughs> No, I mean, um, one thing that I'm happy about in my life is I'm myself. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't know that I always was. I feel like there's times where I've tried to be somebody else and not tried to be somebody else, but I think you just don't have as much confidence. I think age brings you confidence or you just don't care anymore. One or the other. I don't know which it is, but I feel happy because I don't have to play a role. I don't. I'm the person I am. You know what I mean? And and I think that that's what you see at events and whatever. And um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think it works at home, but I, I feel like, I feel like a big key in life is just being yourself. If you are playing a role, you're guaranteed to be miserable because sooner or later, I mean, I always use the example. I think that's why comics and stuff go so crazy because you know, I always say if, if somebody said to you, Hey, Eddie Van Halen's going to come over for dinner. Yeah. You'd be like, wow, we're going to see Eddie Van Halen. And and it'd be cool if he played something, but nobody expects him to play something. But I think when people who are hyper or funny or whatever, they expect that at all hours. And if you're not that, like if I said to you, well, Robin Williams is coming over. Two bad examples. I get it. Um, <laughs> God rest their soul. But yeah. if Robin Williams was coming over, you would say, wow, this is going to be a hilarious dinner. And I feel people like Zona... Gerald Swindle, many people, but anybody who's uppity and you can't always be up. That's the weird thing about the classic for, for all of us, I think, because yeah, like think of the longest work day of your year. You know how you walk in the door? That's how we walk in the door at the hotel. Except oh, yeah. And yeah. people are like everywhere and it's cool, but it's it's you can't always be. You're just out of out of steam at some point during the day. And yeah, yeah. And, you know, people you talk about people expect a Zona or a Gerald Swindle to, to be up and, 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 you know, and to bring something just phenomenal. Just when you ask them, how are you doing? You know, they're, because they're so good at that, that when they just act like normal people, it sounds like they're, 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 you know, not giving you, they're, they're withholding from you. And I, I think that's why some people get a little confused by that and say, wow, he's not like he is until. <laughs> yeah. He's playing a part. But, but, uh, but with those two guys, I, they pretty much bring it everywhere all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, they do. And it, it, it's amazing, you know, but I, I just, I think that that's a key to life, just being yourself though, like, and being real. And I, I didn't always feel that way. And I think that's just confidence and whatever. Do you feel like you are yourself, Tommy Sanders? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. More so every year. I, I didn't used <laughs> to feel that way as much. I felt like, you know, which is always a mistake to, to assume what someone else wants to see from you. Yeah. And try to and try to work things into that direction is just it just never ever works you know and it's 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 a long always takes a long time to learn that no matter who you are I think yeah 
Yeah, no, it's a uh, life's a weird thing too. Like I look at, I, I think you look, at, I look at life in stages. Like if you, you know what I mean? Like there's life should be backwards. I think people, yeah. oh, would, yeah. people would appreciate things so much better. Like nothing would make you feel better about being 70 than being 80 just a few years before that. And as <laughs> it goes down, you imagine you get yeah. healthier and stronger and, um, Oh man. And I mean, I, if I was this smart in my twenties, look out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> the 20 year old brain is not a developed thing. It really is not. No, no, it isn't. It isn't. It's, it's, <laughs> I prove that every day. Pretty much. It, it's, it's fueled by desire and, want i guess <laughs> i don't however you want to describe and, it and and sort of a weird curiosity yeah yeah well i mean just that's what this show is it's all weird curiosity <laughs> it's like it's, 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 this show is the the awkward give me the full title of the show it's sort of like the, the honestly awkward, awkward fishing podcast I honestly even, awkward I, I was i was yeah, awesomely awkward or honestly I no remember. it's not awesomely awkward the it awkward. is why do Honestly, we like awkward, awkward so much? You like awkward stuff. You thrive on it on stage. Zona thrives on it. You know, I'm getting better at it, but what, I, what is the appeal there? Why do y'all like that? I, well, a big thing is Zona likes it and <laughs> Zona likes it. You want to make Zona happy. That's um, right. You do. But I, I just, I feel like, I don't know. I, again, I feel like I'm, fairly real. And I feel like awkward only happens when people aren't being real for a lot of situations. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. why I like it, but it's, right. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's like, they, they, like they run out of the lines that they've got, got that they remember and they yeah. stop for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why we all like awkward, but I, I feel like you have to like it if you're going to work a live event, because if you think that you're going to work a live event and it's not going to be awkward, like the amount of moments through the day that are awkward and you're just like, it, it, you'd go nuts. Oh you'd yeah, go nuts. Yeah. You you do have to embrace it. Would, would you like to do golf? Would I mean? Would you like to? I, I know how much you love to watch golf, and I feel yeah. like sometimes when I'm listening to you on live, I feel like I hear influence from golf. Sometimes you know what I mean. Especially yeah. Oh yeah. Oh sure. I get I give the little golf whisper. You know, often. You know, and sort of uh, try to sl slip little things in without interfering with the the sound from the location. You know. And stuff like that. Yeah, I, I actually did do golf uh, one time. It was golf and fishing. It was called the Humminbird Bass and Golf event. And they took like 10 pro PGA golfers and 10 bass pros. And they went out and fished on the Disney property there. And, oh, cool. and, and we, and me and Jerry were the commentators. And so we, we, you know, but it was done after the fact. It wasn't live. So it wasn't like real, real golf commentary. But uh, yeah, I'd like to do it sometime. I'd, I'd love to see you again. You, you and Zona. I mean, uh, I, I would, oh, I yeah. would love to tune into that golf broadcast. Nothing. Maybe we can do the high school national championship or something like that. You know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's nothing I wouldn't want to hear you do, Tommy Sanders. Oh, well, thank you, Dave. Your voice That's is right. synonymous with happiness for me. Oh, I sent wow. you. I, I sent you a script before we started. Did you get it? Oh, oh. Oh, yes, I, I did. Well, because I thought this is just a collection of words that really won't mean much to people. But this. Yeah. Okay. This is something because when I was a little child growing up, I was like, I wish Tommy Sanders would read me a lullaby or something. So I thought maybe <laughs> if you're willing, you could give this gift to the world. Okay. You want to just have at it? Okay. One fish, two fish. Redfish, bluefish, blackfish, bluefish, oldfish, newfish. This one has a little car. Well, this one has a little star. Say what a lot of fish there are. Yeah, some are red and some are blue and some are old and some are new. Some are sad. Some are glad. And some are very, very bad. <laughs> Why are they sad and glad and bad? I do not know. Go ask your dad. Tommy I mean, Sanders. That's, it, that's, that was, that was, was Dr. Incredible. Seuss. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was know. It not? Was yes. It yes, it was Dr. Yeah. Seuss. And it was a incredible rendition of it. <laughs> Speaking yes. of really liking awkward, I figured that'd be a perfect <laughs> awkward <laughs> moment on this show. 
I figured the awkward moment was coming just as soon as I finished that poem. <laughs> oh, Tommy, that was, uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> no, no, it was very good. I, I mean, uh, I, I feel like that will be replayed. I don't know, maybe Bass okay. Live somewhere. I mean, I'm sure. going to play that to my children when they can't sleep. I'll be like, listen to Tommy. <laughs> That's right. Tommy, I, I appreciate you doing this. I don't know. Well, if thank you, Dave. Thank you. I feel you. honored to be on the, on the, uh, the Honestly Awkward television show. Man. Awkwardly it's Honest, podcast. Tommy. Awkwardly Honest podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't really want to even do this show, to be honest. Not this episode, yeah. but what I mean is... is like I, I did a podcast, I mean, you know the story. I did a podcast with another guy. That guy didn't want to do a podcast anymore. And I felt like I, yeah, I mean, I'm just too it's egotistical great, to well, be I've, like, I've I seen can't. like four or five episodes and it's, it's terrific. It's the most relaxed, real podcast that I've ever seen. The rest, you know, all that, all these guys who are supposed to be these great podcast people, don't they seem kind of, kind of stilted, you know, what he stilted? Is that the word? Kind of yeah. like trying to put up a front or some sort. I, I Yeah. I think there's a lot of that that goes, but I think that happened in radio too. You know what I mean? When things get all of a sudden people start to feel, Hey, how you doing? We're, we, you've tuned into kicks 96. We keep on rocking. You keep 17 on minutes before the hour. Yeah. Yes. The morning zoo crew. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to be on the morning zoom crew with you guys. Could we do that one time? A, a morning radio show. I, I, I think we could lay that down. I think, I think we could do it like it's supposed to be done. Tommy Sanders, you are awesome, and I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you putting up with my buffoonery, and I can't wait to hang out you're with you. You're the best in the world. I've always said there's no one else on earth can do the job you do, and you're so good. What, what, man, it's, I'm in awe. Thank you, Dave. I feel the exact same way about you. <laughs> Okay. This is the most awkwardly honest this episode is, is ever. Look, right two now, people but... who can't take compliments complimenting each other for yeah. a while. You're, you're the greatest. Bye. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, you're really good. Hey, Tommy, one last question. Who's your favorite angler on the Bassmaster no, Elite I, I, Series? I told, yeah. Who's your favorite kid? Oh, I'm not, I don't, I can't. <laughs> you want me to answer that? No, no. <laughs> you dare to it. And I'm not going to dare say who's my favorite angler. The one that's listening. To, here's my answer. The one that's listening to this podcast because the other one won't know. See? That's right. That's right. That's right. I, that's I, right. I don't know. I got to practice names and not screw them up, but. The one and only Tommy. Oh, I almost called you Cruz. Tommy (laughs) Cox. Tommy Cox. Tommy Cox. That's my favorite Tommy. Nighttime is Tommy Cox. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Tommy. Okay, so I'm not sure if that was the worst thing I've ever done or the most incredible thing that I've ever been a part of. Having Tommy Sanders read Dr. Seuss to me, I mean, uh, is it just me? I'm telling you right now, if there was Tommy Sanders books on tape available, if people still listen to tape, uh, I would buy every book. I mean, there's nothing he can't say that doesn't sound better. I thank him for being part of this podcast, and I thank you for being part of this podcast and listening week after week. And... um that's it. I got I got to go. I have to go to the Bassmaster Classic. I hope to see you there. If you see me anywhere there, whether it be a takeoff, whether it be at the Expo, or whether it be at Way and Holler at me, I'll try to get over to you to say hi because I'd love to shake your hand. And thank you for listening to my buffoonery week after week. And um, I, I guess that's all I got. Thank you, Tommy Sanders. Thank you for listening. Enjoy being. Have a great week. And Uncle Bob, I'll see you in a few days. Take it away. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?